thousands of children in America are food insecure, receiving subsidized breakfast and lunch at school on the weekdays, but going hungry on the weekends. One organization here in Phoenix is making a huge difference to address childhood hunger. I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look. My guest today is Lisa Scarpinato. She is one of the founders and the CEO of Kitchen on the Street. It's good to have you, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. What is Kitchen on the Street? Kitchen on the Street is a uh, faith-based ministry that my husband and I started out of our house in 2006 when a friend of mine that was a school principal in the neighborhood I grew up in over in Glendale told us about watching kids in his school go through the school cafeteria trash to take home food for the weekend. So my husband and I heard that story. We had really already been looking for ways to serve our community, and our daughter was not 16 yet, so we had a lot of problems finding volunteer opportunities due to her age. So as we were kind of going through the process, of praying and feeling like God was saying, hey, there's, you know, somebody in this community that I want you to serve, be on the lookout for it, keep seeking and searching me. This opportunity came, a friend of ours told us about this issue. And so literally that night, we decided to form a nonprofit, a 501c3, so that we could find a way to help these students that were food insecure on weekends. You literally caught me off guard. I did not expect you to say that students were looking through the trash for food for the weekend. They were. In this specific case, this was a young lady who had a brother and sister. She was in second grade. So the three children qualified for the federally funded breakfast and lunch program, meaning their family's income was low enough that the federal government has deemed that they need assistance food-wise. So these three children got breakfast and lunch at school Monday through Friday, but did not have a, a consistent source of food on weekends. So this young lady, as a second grader, would fill her pockets with food from the cafeteria trash, keep it in her pockets till she got home, and that's what they ate on weekends. Completely heartbreaking to me that in my city this was happening and I was not aware of it because I felt like as an, you know, as a, first of all, Christian, a human being, a mother, like, you know, the, all the list of things that you are, I felt like if I had an interest in helping these kids, I knew other people did as well. So that was the prompting. And so how many children go hungry every weekend in the greater Phoenix metro area? So uh, now we're at about a one in six children struggles with food insecurity. It's gotten better. In all honesty, when we first started this 15 years ago, it was one in four. So we are making progress, but certainly the current conditions with COVID have impacted that in a big way. And so how have you had to pivot with COVID? Well, we partner with schools. We, our program is called uh, Bags of Hope, and it's basically a, a weekend nutrition pack, kind of a food backpack that a student picks up at school, carries home, and eats the contents at home. So that allows them to have the proper nutrition to fuel their body so that when they come back to school on Monday, they can be a success in the classroom. Prior to a student getting a bag of hope, you know, when we don't eat, obviously it's nutrition basically for the body. And so when a student hasn't eaten over the weekend and they show up on Monday in the classroom, it takes literally until Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday for their body and brain to start functioning again based on the food that they've gotten at school. So this obviously makes a difference in that it allows them access to food seven days a week, which I think is just incredible that we would even say in the United States, but it is an issue. And then it allows them to show up Monday and not be hangry, not have those struggles of not having eaten and not having the proper nutrition so they can focus on their education and be a success in the classroom. And so have you had a chance to talk to any of the children who've received these bags over the weekend? Absolutely. Yes. We have about 30 partner schools that distribute our bags of hope and we have about 2,000 children enrolled in our program. And on occasion, I will go to the schools to deliver or to even help distribute. And 
a lot of times I get to interact with the kids and then sometimes they send us thank you notes. So uh, we do have the opportunity to look them in the eye, face-to-face kind of thing, and find out, you know, they tell me what their most favorite items are. Sometimes, we, you know, we have like a canned spaghetti and meatball items, and some of them love meatballs, which my last name's Scarpinato, so you know there's going to be some Italian food in there, so that makes me happy that they like it. But we have a few meals for the family, well, actually one for the entire family, because we realize that when a child eats with their family, their vocabulary increases, their grade point averages increase, and their drug and alcohol abuse rates decrease. So we feel like we certainly want to promote the dinner table if at all possible. And then the rest of the items are specific for the child. We have a group of nutritionists that are on our board and support us so that we make sure we have the right nutrition to properly fuel that child's body and brain. But things like applesauce, goodness, uh, fruit and veggie snacks that are healthy, not full of sugar, oatmeal, granola bars, just a variety of things like that in addition to some meals as well. If you've just joined us, my guest today is Lisa Scarpinato. She is the CEO and founder of Kitchen on the Street, serving children all over the Phoenix metro area. I'm Monica Kelly, and this is Closer Look. Lisa, what has this been like for you and your family since you've started Kitchen on the Street? Complete difference in everything. I was a Corporate America employee uh, when this occurred, and so was my husband. And we've both left Corporate America to serve the ministry. And we really feel like we've had the opportunity uh, to live out our calling. You know, Luke 9:48 says, anyone who takes care of a child in my name is taking care of me. And whoever cares for me is caring for the God who sent me. And your care for others is the measure of your greatness. And so this opportunity allows us and board members and volunteers, folks that come alongside, to participate in that call to action to serve God by serving the people that he's put in front of us. So it's been incredible. I've had the opportunity to meet people that I would never have ever met, you know, just work in my regular job kind of thing. So it's been phenomenal. When I say meet up people, it could be politicians, could be church leaders, uh, other ministry leaders, just incredible people who a lot of them are, again, living out their calling and making our community a better place as they're doing that. And that's exactly what you're doing. You know, my whole goal in life is to stay out of prison and get into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm working on it. This helps a little, I think. <laughs> well, you're doing really well so far on the first one. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Are you taking volunteers? We are. If anyone's interested in volunteering, uh, just to let local folks know, we have a warehouse in Northeast Phoenix. And if you'd like to know about our volunteer opportunities, you can jump on our website, which is kitchenonthestreet.org. And there's a newsletter you can sign up for. That's an e-newsletter. So we'll send you an email and let you know when we have volunteer opportunities that are open to the public so that you can you can sign up. Or you can follow Kitchen on the Street on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Are schools opening back up? Schools are opening back up. In fact, the governor just mandated that they have to be open by March 15th, unless that's the week of spring break. And so then that means they would have to open the following week. So we have been able to distribute during COVID, but uh, you know, it's been interesting. Some communities, school communities have been very organized and continued to daily hand out the federally funded breakfast and lunch food. So they would also hand out our bags on Friday so that those Kitchen on the Street kids could have that week in nutrition. And then in other areas, they weren't able to so much. So we've had to get creative and, you know, just host some pop-up events to try to get food to those students. You asked earlier how we've had to pivot because of COVID. And another thing that comes to mind in thinking about that is, you know, one of the growing populations for food insecurity now is college-age students. And especially during COVID, my husband teaches at Arizona Christian University. 
in Phoenix. And when the pandemic hit this time last year, a lot of international students were stuck here because they couldn't leave due to travel restrictions. And schools were kind of shutting down and not offering the meal plans that come along with being a college student. So these kids had no food. So we were able to pivot again and hold pop-up events to make sure that we got them some food as well while they were waiting for the travel restrictions to move on. I love that. That's so great. I feel like you're kind of being surrogate parents to so many children and and young people. (laughs) You know, our daughter went to college one year at 17 and she needed people to help her. And so I guess it's our opportunity, you know, to do that for other folks that have sent their children to us, to our community so that we can go ahead and do that. But yes, hopefully. What does it take to host a food drive? You just email me at info at kitchenonthestreet.org and I'll give you all the information as far as what our most needed food items are. We do have some that are specific to our Bags of Hope program, but in addition to Bags of Hope, we also host family food pantries on school campuses. And since those schools are going to open again, we are going to need more non-perishable food items. So, you know, things like you and I would buy for our family that are non-perishable, canned, boxed items kind of thing. But we will take any food items or donations that folks are willing to give. And certainly food drives at corporations, churches, businesses, your social group, your church group, anything. We'd be happy to chat with folks about that. Do you find that children from food insecure homes come every weekend or get a bag of hope every weekend? They do. Yep. Absolutely. They pick up their bag on Friday in the school. Sometimes it's a nurse that facilitates the program or a teacher. And so uh, basically we pack our food in plastic bags like you would get at the grocery store and they get dropped into a child's backpack. It gets zipped up. It's anonymous. No one knows as far as the peer pressure is concerned. And then the student takes that home and they're able to eat that over the weekend. And part of why we use plastic bags, I'm not sure if you know, but it's estimated that it takes anywhere from 10 to 20 years for one of those plastic bags to decompose in landfills. So only 1% of bags are returned for recycling. So we feel like this is one of the ways that we can be good Christians and dress till and keep the earth by not getting those bags in the landfill quite as quickly as they might generally do. That's a great add-on. I like that. I have been doing a lot of research on food waste. 40% of what we grow and produce in this country goes in our landfill. In fact, food is the largest source of waste in our dump. Every day in America, we waste enough food to fill the Rose Bowl. That's crazy. The Rose Bowl. So again, that is one other thing. We do a food rescue program, perishable and non-perishable, in an attempt to, again, live out our calling to to dress tall and keep the earth. Because any food that goes in the landfill, that creates methane gas. So we want to do everything we can to assist with that. But I would say if we have 40% of what we grow and produce in this country, we don't have a food problem. We have a logistics transportation problem because it's not a whole 40% of our population that is in need of food. Absolutely. And so what are the logistics that you employ to get that food that would otherwise go to waste? We have partnerships with different uh, organizations, and so we'll go and collect that food on a weekly or biweekly basis, or we have opportunity for people to or corporations to bring that to our facility. And then we, in turn, use our family food pantries on school campuses to distribute that food. It's incredible. How many families use those school pantries? Every community is different. Some are heavily used and some are not. Some have chosen to put a restriction on. So, you know, maybe you have to participate in something or you have to, your student has to, you know, come to school a certain number of days or something like that in order for them to get a bag. So we allow them to kind of administer that as they see fit. But probably our most utilized pantries are in the South Phoenix area. And I would say, I don't know, a couple hundred on a monthly basis. If you've just joined us, my guest today is Lisa Scarpinato. She's the CEO and founder of Kitchen on the Street here in the Phoenix area. My name is Monica Kelly with Closer Look.
Lisa, what are some of the positive ways that having plenty of food affects children in need? Well, first and foremost, we have done research and found that once a child uh, receives a bag of hope, their reading scores increase by 12% and their math scores increase by 26%. So that's an immediate response to just having the proper food and nutrition we need. And I'm pretty sure if you're like me, if all you had to do was eat more to make your job performance better, you would do it, right? Mm -hmm. I would. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I think we kind of all would. So it's just a kind of a simple thing. The other thing that we've noticed is it's not just those students in that are getting a bag that have improved academic performance. We've had schools that have a letter grade of a D and they'll apply for our program. And before the school year ends, they're up to a B plus. And they've said the only thing we've changed is weekend nutrition provided by your Bags of Hope program. So I would say the entire school community gets a better education. Because if you could just imagine in a classroom, you have 20 or 30 kids and even one, let alone two or three of them show up on Monday morning and they haven't eaten properly. They don't have the self-control to sit in their seat and take the education that's coming their way. So the teacher has to focus more on those children than on teaching the entire class. So this, again, alleviates that issue and allows everyone in that classroom to receive a better education and then the school community as a whole performs better. As the CEO of Kitchen on the Street and as you have served your community so well, what is the Lord shown you about the population that you're surrounded by? Again, I would say that, you know, um, I mentioned earlier, Luke 948, that every person who's put in front of you, you have the opportunity to serve God by serving them. And sometimes we get so busy, we allow ourselves to become so busy with, you know, we're heading down the road, we've got 28 things to do, and there's someone right in front of us that we're really supposed to stop and help. And we need to be more focused on doing that because that's really the calling in life. What has surprised you most about food insecurity? Unfortunately, how much of it there is and how it's not in only specific neighborhoods. Even if it's a low number, it's in every neighborhood. Hunger does not discriminate. And unfortunately, people will come to our warehouse and say, hey, you know, you're talking about these kids that don't have food. Where are they? And you can take a a major road, a bell road in, in Phoenix, and you can drive it from one side of the city to the other side. And there are times where You'll be in great neighborhoods and times when you're not, but you can be driving right along and look to the right or to the south side of the road and see a beautiful car dealership. And what you've just done is missed across the street, one of the poorest neighborhoods there is in our city. So just the fact that it's everywhere and it's really prevalent and it is long lasting, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure if you are familiar with ACEs, it's adverse childhood experiences, but there's been some studies done on negative things that, you know, you you kind of experience as a young person and how that affects you long-term. And food insecurity and hunger is one of those, and it does have long-term effects. Some people never get over it. There's a scarcity mentality that then leads to obesity and older age. So then we have health issues, which then affect our health care system. So it's very just not discriminatory, and it's rampant. What has been the most impacting part of being really the founder and the CEO of Kitchen on the Street for you and for your husband? I would say getting to meet some of the kids that we have had the opportunity to serve. You know, we don't always get to see them every single Friday when they get their food, but we get to meet them on occasion. And then we also get to read the notes that they send us. And one of them is my favorite note. I have it posted at my desk. This young man, his name is Ulysses. He took a red marker and wrote on a piece of paper and he said, hello, my name is Ulysses. I want to thank you for the food that you give us. You've made my life a better one. 
love Ulysses. So that's it, I guess, you know, I think it was Mother Teresa said that you might not be able to feed everyone, but you can feed one. Well, if I fed one and it's Ulysses and his life is better, then I can go to bed tonight and be okay. (laughs) I just keep thinking back to the friend of yours. Was it a principal? It was, yes. That noticed the little girl that was searching in the garbage for food, that that principal told you and you started a movement. Yes. And that principal, in all honesty, also was an Anglican priest. And when he told me that story that night at our house for dinner, I basically said, hey, how's your school year going? Because this was in September. It was Labor Day weekend. He literally cried at the table as he told us that story. And I think that's part of why it had so much meaning to us. But yes, that is what we did. We just felt like, you know, God had presented us with something. It was brought right to our dinner table where we had lots of food. And so to think about there were people in our city that weren't able to feed their children and children that were going hungry while we had lots, I guess also played into that and really motivated us. And one thing, unfortunately, our friend that told us this, his name's Dennis Cagle, he passed away one year later as we were just getting this program going. So he did know that we started it as a legacy to to him sharing that with us because we felt like he was speaking into our lives when we were seeking God's counsel. What an amazing story. What an amazing testimony. He was a messenger and you received that message and ran with it, which is amazing. Trying to stay out of prison, get into heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. My guest today, Lisa Scarpinato, she is the CEO and founder of Kitchen on the Street here in Phoenix. And you also have a Kitchen on the Street in San Antonio. Is that correct? We do. Yes. Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's been going for about 10 years now. A little smaller program than, than the Phoenix location is, but definitely serving children and giving them the opportunity to be a success in the classroom. Would you give us your website again, please? Absolutely. It is kitchenonthestreet.org. Okay. Lisa, it was just such a pleasure to have you on Closer Look. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. And God bless you too. And if you have any questions, you can contact us here, Closer Look at klove.com. That's Closer Look at K-L-O-V-E. That's Closer Look at Air1.com. That's Closer Look at AIR, the number one.com for Closer Look. I'm Monica Kelly.